So a few weeks ago, we started uh, the year about being rooted. Rooted. Where's my graphic coming up? This poor old computer. We've got a new Mac, and um, but we haven't got we haven't got that one running yet. No, no. Um, rooted graphic. Okay. Never mind. Pretend there's a picture of a tree behind me with some roots. They'll, that'll do. The leaves will do. Yeah. Rooted. Um, and within rooted, we're going to cover a couple of subjects, but the theme throughout the year is about us being rooted. And our foundation scripture, Colossians 2, <coughs> Mr. Avey, Colossians 2. We're getting there? Colossians 2. I think we're going to have to go back to Bibles. Actual Bibles. I like Bibles in church. You know, when, you, when you're sitting in church and you hear all the pages going and people are like, what page is it on? I don't know. You've got a different Bible to me. Guess what? You've got to learn your way around the Bible. But this was the scripture. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. What a fantastic scripture. This is our scripture as far as I'm concerned for the year. And you know, many people have received Jesus as their savior. In fact, most of the people here today have. And what's that mean? They saved. They saved. Their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. They've come to know and acknowledge that they are a sinner in need of a savior, and they've, come, they've, they've realized that, that they were separated from a holy God and that their works couldn't earn their way into heaven. And so they had to, and they heard the gospel. And I'm putting myself in this, in this group as well, not just them out there. But they heard the gospel. They heard the good news. And what is the good news? You're going to hear it in a nutshell, that Jesus came to earth. He was born of a virgin. Exactly two months ago today, we celebrated Christmas. Remember, two months ago, can you believe it? Two months ago, we celebrated Christmas, and we heard about the virgin birth of Jesus and how that baby, that child, grew up and lived a spotless, sinless life. He performed miracles, went to the cross, laid down his life, took the burden and the weight of your sin and mine on that cross, and died the most cruel death on the cross. He was buried in a tomb, he was there for three days, and after three days, he rose again, defeating death and defeating grave. Hallelujah. Praise God. And in just one month's time, we're going to be celebrating Easter, where we celebrate the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I want us to go back to our foundation scripture, Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, as you therefore have received Jesus, so walk in him. It does say, 
as you have therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in him. So there's more to this Jesus than meets, meets the eye. And we're just going to look at some of these words. Christ, that word Christ. Christ is not Jesus' surname. Okay, some people might think that, that Jesus Christ, so Christ is his surname. It's not his surname. Christ means anointed one. Jesus, the anointed one. That's what it means. The Hebrew is Messiah. The Hebrew for Christ is Messiah. The word Jesus is Jehovah is salvation. Oh, come on, what a fantastic name. Jehovah, God, Jesus is salvation. And the word Lord, the Greek word is Kyrios, Kyrios. And it's used at the time of Jesus. And whenever it's used around Jesus, it refers to his deity. It refers to his deity. But the, the important thing about this is, if we are only applying part truths to our lives, we're going to be shortchanging ourselves. We will never be able to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Our growth will be stunted. And this is the theme for the year, is that we are growing. We are growing. We're not going to end this year in exactly the same place where we started. We're going to be growing this year. And we don't want our growth to be stunted. So during the week, thinking about rooted, thinking about those tr that tree that is rooted, made me think about a bonsai tree. Has any, does anybody know what a bonsai tree? A bonsai tree is like a, it's a full-grown tree, but in diminutive form. So um, the, the, the thing with it is, with a bonsai tree, <clears throat> so you can get a fully-grown bonsai tree that will be this big. It could be 50 years old, but it will only be about six inches, between six inches and three feet tall. That's a bonsai tree. So why is it like that? Because somebody has taken the seed of a tree and planted it in a pot. Not in the ground, but in a pot. So the roots are confined. They can't grow. They cannot spread. And as a result of that, the tree is stunted in its growth. And we, we, we learned a couple of weeks ago about the importance of roots. Roots um, are, the, are the agent through which the nutrients in the soil and the water feeds the tree. But when you've got a tree in a pot, the nutrients are limited. And they're normally kept indoors, they can be kept outdoors, but they're open to a lot of attack by pesticides and disease, all kinds of disease. And Part of the, 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 the role of the, the roots is also to protect, to stabilize a tree in the midst of storms. But if you're putting, a little, you're putting a tree in a little pot and keeping it in the house, it's never been exposed to the elements and just drip feeding it water. So if you think like a bonsai is sort of between six inches and three feet tall, an oak tree, a bonsai, Whereas a full-grown full oak will be between anything between 40 to 80 feet. They're huge, 
huge trees. That's the way we want to be. That's the way we want to be. I love the scripture in Ephesians 4. It says, growing in every way more and more like Christ. That's, that's what we need to be doing, is growing more and more every, in every way. And as followers, as disciples of Jesus, the Bible compares us to that mighty oak, to the, to the, the, the cedars of, the great cedars of Lebanon, to that flexible palm tree that gets, you know, sort of shunted around in the midst of a hurricane, that but lands up standing. There's no reference to the bonsai in the Bible. We're not called to be bonsais. We're called to be mighty oaks. Okay. So we've got to get an understanding of who Jesus is. Who is this Jesus? Matthew 16, verses 13 to 17, it says the following. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, his disciples are like that, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So in Luke's gospel of this account, the Luke's gospel says, who do the crowds say I am? And remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about we drawing away from the crowds into discipleship. And what do the crowds say? They say, some say he's John the Baptist. So in other words, he's a forerunner to the Messiah. He's not the Messiah. He's a forerunner. And some say Elijah. They say he's Elijah. Why? Because he worked miracles. Jesus worked miracles. So some people thought he was Elijah. Some said Jeremiah because he was a prophet. So, but the tendency in all these answers is to actually underestimate Jesus. It sort of gives him a measure of respect and honor. You know, some people will say, oh yes, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's a prophet. But that's dishonoring him for who he is. But sometimes it sort of sounds like it's complimentary in some ways but it's inaccurate. It's inaccurate. <clears throat> they all fall short of honoring him for who he really is. You know, and Peter had walked with Jesus for a number of years. He'd witnessed the miracles. He'd witnessed Jesus feeding 5,000 people. He'd, oh, he threw this at someone. <laughs> but he'd witnessed um, He'd witnessed miracles. He'd seen Jesus heal. He'd, Jesus had healed his mother-in-law. He'd, he'd witnessed it. And he'd walked with Jesus, but he only viewed him in the natural until this particular moment. 
when, God, when Jesus said to him, who do you say I am? And he got this revelation. It's a revelation. He says, flesh and blood has not revealed this. This is a revelation gift of the Holy Spirit. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you, that I'm not just the prophet. I'm not just Elijah. I'm not just a good man. I'm the Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Son. Not a Son, the Son, the Son of the Most High God, the Son of the Living God, the Son of the Living God. This is who Jesus is. So Peter's revelation was that Jesus was equal to God. That was Peter's revelation. You're the Christ, the Son of the Living God. So Jesus' question is, uh, who do men say I am? And Jesus asks Peter, who do you say I am? And now we're going to look at who does God say that Jesus is? And we pick it up in Matthew chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized by John. Now remember, John baptized with a baptism of repentance. Jesus had no need to be baptized by John. He had nothing to repent of. He lived a spotless, sinless life. But he did it to identify with us. I love Jesus. He identifies with us. Us. He identifies with us. But anyway, when he had been baptized, that's Jesus, <clears throat> Jesus came up immediately from the water, <clears throat> and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What a beautiful picture of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit manifesting in one place at the same time. A beautiful, beautiful picture of the Trinity. And Jesus said, and God says to him, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Up until this point, Jesus hadn't performed one miracle. He hadn't performed one miracle. You know what? We cannot earn God's acceptance. We cannot earn his acceptance. We can't, we can't, he can't love us more. Like that song we sang, I believe God's singing it to us today. There are no words. There's nothing left. I just pour up my love onto you. I love you. I love you. You're accepted in Christ. You're accepted. You're accepted by me. So, and we hear these words again, these exact words by God the Father on the Mount of Transfiguration, which is in uh, Matthew 17. We're not going to go there, but I do want... I just want to expound a little bit on Matthew 17. I haven't even got to my message yet, but okay, bear with me. All right. The Mount of Transfiguration. Do you remember Jesus went up to the Mount of Mount up to, went up to this mountain. Peter and James and John came with him. Next thing here comes Elijah and um, and Moses. The law and the prophets appear with Jesus up on this mountain. And and, and it says, and Jesus was transfigured. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. <laughs> and God speaks again and says, 
this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He goes, he says, hear him. Listen to him. Listen to him. But that word transfigured is the same word as transformed, which we see in Romans 12. I'm just taking a little bit of a rabbit trail. Is that okay? Romans 12 says, do not be, tran- do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, transfigured by the renewing of your mind that we may prove what is that good, pleasing, and acceptable will of God. Transfigured, if trans- the transfiguration is Jesus' face shines like the sun and his clothes become as white as light. Think about what the transformed mind is like. Your transformed mind is like your mind is lit up with lightning, white as light, shining like the sun. This is not just colloquialism, it's not just fancy words, but this is, this is the reality, this is the importance of us renewing our minds, that we too, our minds can be dressed in lightning. Our thoughts can be dressed in lightning. That's what that transfiguration is. Okay. Where am I going with this? Right. Now I can start my message. What I'm trying to get, the point I'm going to try and get to is that Jesus is fully man and fully God. I cannot do this in the remaining 18 minutes. Just no way. You know what, I could sit here and I could shout out scripture after scripture after scripture. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to take two weeks over this message, and we're only going to look at the second part. We're going to look at his deity first. Okay, is that all right? But Jesus is both fully man, fully God. He's not 50% man and 50% God. He's 100% man and 100% God, and I cannot do this in 35 minutes. So we're going to just start with the deity of Christ, that he is fully God. We're going to unpack the deity of Christ right now. Jesus is fully God. That's a huge statement. It's a huge statement. And how, how do we know this? I can't just say, make things up and throw and just hope everybody believes me. No, but we're going to see it. We're going to see it through his names, through his attributes, and his works. And we're going to start in the Old Testament again. Isaiah chapter 9. Is it there already? Oh, let's give the AV team a hand clap. Well done. Thank you. Isaiah 9, 6. This was in the Christmas card you sent out two months ago. Okay. For unto us a child, capital C, is born. Unto us a son is given. Remember, God so loved the world. Keep that in your mind during this, about God's love. That's underlying all this. God so loved the world that he gave his son. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be proving God's deity, Jesus' deity. His name 
the child, the son, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Beautiful, beautiful scripture. Let's just look at what that all means. Wonderful means a miracle, a marvelous thing. The birth of Jesus was a miracle. The virgin birth is miraculous. He's wonderful. Mighty God. Mighty God. That means he's powerful. He's a warrior. Not a warrior. A warrior. A champion. There's a song. I don't know who sings it. We sing it down in, in Portsmouth at times. You go, the line goes like this. You are my champion. Jesus, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won. Every battle Jesus has won. He's defeated Satan. He's defeated hell. He's defeated death. He's defeated the grave. He is mighty God. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Everlasting means a perpetual state. He's perpetually the same. A continuous existence of past and future times. We're talking about the deity of Jesus. This is who he is. The Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. Shalom. The Shalom. Completeness. Safety. Soundness. You know what? If you've got anxiety in your life today, call on the Prince of Peace. Come on. We don't need to struggle. Call on the Prince of Peace. Not only peace from war, but peace with God in covenant relationship. We take that scripture from Isaiah 9, and you fast forward, fast forward 700 years. Just like that. 700 years. Luke 2. An angel of the Lord appears to some shepherds. Remember this? Just two months ago. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Savior, deliverer, rescuer. Man, I needed rescuing. I don't know about you. You look pretty, you look pretty sanctimonious. You look sanctified out there. I needed rescue, and I know you did too. We had need of a savior, a deliverer, our rescuer, Christ, the anointed one, the anointed one. The Hebrew word is Messiah, Messiah, and Lord, Kyrios, always referring to Jesus' deity. So we're looking at the names of Jesus, Matthew 1.23 Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a son. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. God. God. The deity of Christ. God with us. So we see it from his names. That's just in a nutshell. Attributes. The attributes of Jesus. Jesus is immutable. What's that mean? It's a big word. He never changes. If you, didn't, if you didn't hear last week's message from Chris, I would highly recommend, but you need to sit down with pen and notepad. Make a note of the scriptures. Take one of those flyers, not now, 
later, take one of those flyers and just go and immerse yourself in the, in the, the fact that Jesus is immutable. He changes not. He's the same. Old Testament, New Testament, Gospels, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's immutable. He's consistently consistent. You know what? I don't know about you. Man, my emotions go like this. You know, compared to where I was a number of years ago, they were very much, I'm a little bit more sort of even killed, but I do still go, hey, we're all a work in progress. I'm not immutable. You know, I'm not consistent. I want to be. I try to be. But Jesus is. That's who he is. 1 Timothy 3.16. I love this scripture. It says, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh. God. God was manifested. The message says, God appeared in a human body. God appeared in a human body. That word manifested means plainly recognized. God was manifested. It was clear. He was plain. That's what happened to Peter. That Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, was plainly recognizable and thoroughly understood in that moment he had that revelation thoroughly understood john 1 1 in the beginning was the word the word is jesus the word was with god and the word was god jesus is god he was with god right at the beginning of creation in Genesis chapter 1, nothing was made without him. Nothing was made without him. Colossians 1. Is this okay? Are you all right? Praise God for that. Colossians 1. I swear, I've got to read this. Chris said to me, take it in the New King James. I said, no, nah, I've got it in the NLT. But actually, I have to read it in the New King James. I'm going to read it in the NLT first. It says this. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Sila, stop and think about it. I don't want us to rush. (laughs) Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. In the, New, in the New King James, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jesus is the image of the of the of the Im- Invisible God. Jesus said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is God in the flesh. The invisible made visible. Colossians 2 verse 9 says, 
You've got to listen to, read this. In him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Who's the Godhead? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead. This is the God we pray to. This is the Jesus. This is Jesus. This is 100% God. Fully God. And yet fully man. We'll get to that next week. But in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The ESV says, in him the whole fullness of deity dwells in him. He is fully God. Fully God. And I can't, I can't leave it there. I'm sorry, I just can't leave it there. Colossians 2 goes on. This is another freebie, okay? This is just another freebie. It's off topic. But the next line says, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and all power. You are complete in him. In Christ is all the fullness of the Godhead. And in him, we are complete in him. Come on. We are complete. When we're praying, when you speak, in Christ, when you're born again, that's what it means. We are in Christ. He is in us. We are in him. And in him, if in him all the, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily, that means in him we have the full Godhead available at our disposal to draw from. Whether it's healing in our bodies, whether it's finances, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's peace in our minds, peace in our hearts, peace in our souls, it doesn't matter what it is, in Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily and you are complete in him. We have the fullness of the Godhead at our disposal. We've got to take this away this week. I tell you, I want to encourage you. This week, just go and take these scriptures. Just meditate on them. Have, the, have a transfiguration of the mind. A renewing of the mind. Let your mind be clothed in lightning this week, like Jesus on that Mount of Transfiguration. It's going to change your life. This is going to change your life, I'm telling you. We, we, we just, you know what, we, there's no way we can go through this in 35 minutes. There's no way. We're just scratching the surface here. But we know Jesus is fully God. We've seen this through his names and his attributes and finally his works. We're going to go John 10, verses 22 to 25. This is one of Chris's favorite scriptures. And 
he always goes back to it, and, and, I, and I can see why. And although we're talking about the deity of Jesus, in this particular part of this, we see the humanity of Jesus. And it says this, it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. He wasn't teaching, he wasn't preaching, he was walking. And you know, just cast your mind back 2,000 years. Well, it's cold now, but it was cold then. He had sandals on his feet. He didn't have Ugg boots. He didn't have fur-lined boots. He was in sandals. He didn't have a nice woolly coat. He had just, you know, whatever they had in those days. He was cold. It was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. It was winter. It was cold. And then the Jews surrounded him. I think of the, the scripture from Psalms that says that the bulls of Bashan surrounded me. The, the Jews surrounded him and said, how long do you keep us in doubt? Oh, I think, what a cheek. <laughs> how long? They're blaming Jesus for their lack of faith. How long do you keep us in doubt? If you're the Christ, tell us plainly. And Jesus said to them, I told you, and you do not believe me. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. The works that I do in my Father's name. The Amplified said, they are my credentials and evidence in support of me. You know what? We can't deny the works of Jesus. So we've heard about who men thought Jesus was. We've heard about who Jesus said, who Peter said Jesus is. We've heard about who the Father said Jesus is. And now we're going to hear who Jesus says he is out of his own mouth. He says it there in, in uh, John 10, verse 25. He said, I told you. I told you. And you start going back through all the scriptures and you see, what has he told them? I've got lists of things that Jesus told them. He says, I'm going to just read these out. They're not coming up on the screen. He said, I told you, I'm the one who came from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of the Father. That's John 6.38. He says, I told you, whoever believes in me has eternal life. John 3. Nicodemus, if you believe in Jesus, you will not, if you believe in it, you will not perish, but have everlasting life. Who but God can promise that? Hey? Who, who, who but God can promise that if you believe in me, you're going to have eternal life? I mean, if anybody else, Joe Bloggs comes along and says that, he's like, get a life. That's not real. But Jesus, if you believe in me, only God can say that with absolute conviction, with absolute certainty. He says, I told you, I always do the things that please the Father. He's a Father pleaser. He says, I told you, before Abraham was, I am. I am. Look at the I am statements in John's gospel, who Jesus says he is. 
They're called the ego am I statements. It's a, a Latin phrase, but it's I, the I am statements. He says, I am the bread of life. No man can say that. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Come on. There's nobody like our Jesus. Come to him. You will never hunger. You will never thirst. He says, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. I am the light of the world. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved. Only God can make a statement like that. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He lays down his life for the sheep. He says, I know my sheep and I am known by them. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Come on. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Remain in me. Abide in me. We've not even touched here on the atonement. We've not touched on the new covenant. We've not touched on Jesus' sacrificial death. But I've run out of time. I want us to just take time this week to think about the fact that Jesus was fully God. He's fully man. We'll get to that next week. But he's also fully God. He's a hundred percent God. And I want to finish with this. It's in John 3. The story, you know, the account of Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. And he says to Nicodemus, who's a teacher of the law, he says, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can a man be born when he's old? Must he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus says, no. Unless you're born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You must be born again. And that's what, that's what today's message is about. You must be born again. Receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But listen to this sentence in John 3.13. In the midst of this, in the midst of this discourse between Jesus and this Nicodemus, in John 3.13, Jesus throws this in in the middle. Never seen it before. Read this scripture thousands of times. No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. Jesus is fully man and fully God. He's fully man and fully God. Father, I just thank you for your word. 
I thank you, Lord, that we serve a living God, that you are Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, our rescuer. You are victorious. You are conqueror. You are king. Seated at the right hand of the Father. And Lord, we just want to bow down and worship you today and just tell you how much we love you, how much we need you. Lord, would you take these words, help them to become reality in our lives, Lord, that we can apply these words this week, that we can know that Jesus, you are the Christ, the anointed one, the Son of the Most High God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just keep your eyes closed, head bowed. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today's your day. Today's your opportunity. If you want to receive this Jesus, you've never done so before, but you want to receive him today, why don't you just slip up your hand right now? We'll pray for you. Father, I just thank you for your, for your word. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you, Lord, that you are King of kings, Lord of lords. Come and rule and reign in our lives. Be the Lord of our lives. Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Praise God.